Hello and welcome to Two Peds in a Pod, the paediatric medical education podcast. Remember, you can hear our entire back catalogue of episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and of course our SoundCloud. So please tell your colleagues and friends and hit that subscribe button. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to Two Peds in a Pod, the Paediatric Medical Education Podcast. Uh, my name's Ian Lewins, the host today, um, and I'm very, very excited to be joined this evening by uh, Dr. Katie McKinnon, who is an ST5 in paediatrics at the North Middlesex University Hospital in London. Good evening, Katie. How are you today? Smashing. Thanks for having me. Oh, pleasure. Um, so... Um, we invited Katie on because of a, a paper that she's uh, been the, the lead author for. Um, and this is something that caught my eye. And this is absolutely hot off the press. This is something from July's edition of um, the Archives of Disease in Childhood. And this is from the Archimedes section. And for people not familiar with the Archimedes section, um, Bob Phillips will be most upset. But more importantly, this is sort of people pick a clinical question and go, oh, are we doing the right thing? Um, and your clinical question was all about screen time and does it affect recovery from concussion in adolescence? So I guess my first question would be, um, what made you decide to, to, to do this? What, how did you pick it? It was uh, actually, we were in the process of updating some of the guidelines that we were giving out uh, patient information and things in A&E. And it was uh, the head injury one. We had ended up using one from a different hospital, which talked about screen time as one of the things. Um, and there's there's been a lot of sort of discussion generally about screen time in children with some of the stuff from the RCPCH. So uh, it seemed like an interesting topic to look at. Yeah. And, and did it sort of come off the back of a particular instant or was it just sort of a general, uh, we're, we're updating the guidance, we need to have a look at this? Yes, just a, just a general question, really. Um, and But I have had uh, patients or more specifically parents being like, don't you think you should tell them maybe to stop looking at their phone a bit? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you're always sort of trying to help the parents in that way, but also if there's no evidence behind it. It seems a bit silly. Yeah. So the um, the way you the, these structures often is a scenario. So the scenario that you you guys have written um, was that you've got a fourteen year old girl coming to A and E after hitting her head on concrete um, with a short period of loss of consciousness, has a CT head, which is normal, and she goes home, comes back the next day with symptoms of concussion, and her mum asks if avoiding screens would be helpful. Um, and I, I guess that's that's a fairly common scenario that you, that mm-hmm. you and I sort of see in ED. Yes, yeah. Um, so your structured question, um, I presume you use the, the sort of the usual PICO or mm-hmm. the equivalent. So um, talk us through the PICO, if you don't mind. Uh, so the patient being a 14-year-old girl with concussion or a teenager generally, um, the intervention being limiting screen time uh, and the outcome improvement in symptom recovery okay um so nice structured question and and i guess the first thing maybe to say for those you know who don't do ed um what what do we actually mean by concussion or concussion syndrome so concussion is a mild traumatic brain injury from uh often sports related but also other injuries um 
and it's pretty common. Uh, mostly it gets better within a few weeks, um, but it can cause long-term problems. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's what we're thinking about. And we know that sort of something seemed to make it worse, something seemed to, to, to help with concussion. Um, and, and I guess there's a specific question here is, you know, about screens. Um, so how did you do your search? So we looked through uh, the common sort of search sources, uh, looking for concussion plus screen time or cognitive rest, which is um, a general term that's used in a lot of papers. And often that will include screen time as part of it. Okay. And how did you get on? What sort of hits did you get? Was it thousands and thousands of papers or? Uh, not thousands, but it was in the hundreds. Um, but we did we did try to go broad at the beginning to, to see what sort of things were out there. And I suppose what we found a lot of was um, very general type discussion articles that didn't really have any meat to them. Yeah. So sort of, we think this is a good idea, but we can't really prove it. Exactly. Okay, so what did you find when you whittled it down and you got your relevant papers? What what sort of conclusions could you come up with? Uh, well, unfortunately, not a very clear, beautiful conclusion either. But um, uh, there were some of the papers suggested that uh, screen time did impact symptoms negatively. So limiting the amount of screen time did um, improve the uh, recovery from symptoms. But on the opposite end, uh, having no uh, cognitive uh, stimulation at all and complete screen rest also seemed to worsen the duration of symptoms. And so actually, probably it's a bit of a balance. Um, There were also some uh, papers that discussed specific elements of screens like uh, reducing the brightness or making the text bigger and things like that as a way of sort of minimizing the the stress from the screens and so that's that's really interesting to kind of unpick in in terms of limiting screen time did they, they, they sort of set a you know above four hours is bad below three hours is good that that's were you able to sort of establish what they meant by lengthy screen time or did it vary hugely it it did vary quite a lot and um a lot of the studies sort of described cognitive rest in very vague terms or in uh different groups so like high intensity and low intensity and in some of those cases screen time appeared in both of those groups but so things like, you know, leisurely watching TV would be considered low intensity, mm. whereas, you know, working on an essay on your computer would be a higher intensity. Yeah. So I guess you're kind of active versus passive or what? Yes. Um, and just expand a bit more on the, the, the sort of not enough or too little screen time. What, what, what are sort of the, the sort of thoughts about there? So there was a phase within um, sort of concussion management of the cocooning um, where people should be completely, you know, kept in a dark, quiet room for several days with no interaction um, as a means of trying to reduce the uh, impact of the concussion. But actually that seemed to have completely the opposite effect and um, you do need some sort of neuronal stimulation for those for that uh the injury to resolve okay and 
and I guess you know for for lots of teenagers you know I'm thinking of my kids certainly you know that's how they socialize a lot of the time that's how they communicate with their friends is all done by screen time Mm -hmm. and I guess if you are saying you're limiting that maybe it has other potentially negative effects for sure there was a really interesting paper about um like what what's the worst thing about concussion for you was basically the question they asked this group of teenagers and um the symptoms were obviously up there but actually very closely behind was the impact on them not being able to do the things they wanted be that talking to their friends you know playing computer games and so on yeah uh yeah which uh, uh, yeah they put up with a headache and those sorts of things to sacrifice for chatting to their mates i guess yeah um when people are sort of assessing you know severity of symptoms did did you find that they tended to use the same uh, almost scoring system if you like for assessing severity of symptoms or does, does did it vary again it was pretty uh varied um we weren't able to sort of compare like for like at all um and indeed some of them used screens as their tool for measuring which was a bit counterintuitive um so so no it it wasn't very comparable okay um and a note so again the, the the other thing you mentioned about the screen is some some things about brightness and font and did they sort of find anything useful there do you think so again it wasn't the most sort of uh quantitative of assessments but uh qualitatively some uh, students did say that reducing the brightness making it easier on their eyes um did improve uh not necessarily the recovery to uh, recovery from the symptoms overall but in terms of making their symptoms worse whilst using them yeah um and I, just the other thought of, of sort of thinking about my kids and when they use their screens I don't know did anybody look at time of day because I'm thinking you know they, they tend to use theirs of an evening in mm. bed before I the cutoff comes and evil father switches their screen time off and did, did sort of time of day did anybody look at that do you know no, they didn't. Um, they did sort of, they looked at, again, I suppose it's similar in terms of the intensity of the use, but uh, like leisure use and um, uh, use for work and using it for work did seem to be worse. Um, but no, time of day, no. Okay. Okay. Just just a thought. Um, mm. Were these, uh, you know, the other things that when we talk about concussion and particularly things like exercise, so, you know, the, the kids that I often see are uh, rugby players, hockey players, those sorts yeah. of people, and we, we talk about sort of a graded approach to, to return to things. Mm-hmm. Were these, you know, could these papers sort of um, accurately pick out and say, you know, we've we've ca- count, we've been able to account for variations in exercise for example and just isolate screen time um i guess that's really hard to do yes no not really um it was it it was looking at sort of the the whole picture and the different areas of of cognitive rest and physical rest and um they did seem to suggest that um physical rest could be uh limited um, in terms of getting people back moving more quickly and that it might be the cognitive rest that's more relevant to the symptoms. But, it, yeah, it's hard to pull apart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think one of the things I, I thought was 
really relevant and interesting um, about the, the, the paper you've written is all the papers that you looked at largely were American. Yes. Um, why, why do you think that was? Um, I've had a real insight into the uh, uh, American sporting world uh, that I didn't didn't never particularly want. Um, there's there's a, so much uh, legislation around concussion in America. Mm. Like every state has different rules, and almost all of them, after any potential concussion, someone has to be assessed by a doctor before even getting back to the game. Um, so I think partly because that plays such a big role in their sporting lives that then that has meant that they've done the tests there. And I th- I'm sure I remember seeing a paper sort of a year or so ago of, yeah, as you say, the, 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 the really thorough assessment that they need for, even from minor, yeah. minor injury. And people on this side of the Atlantic going, this is really bonkers. Yeah. Um, this seems totally over the top and stopping kids from doing exercise and they've got to be assessed by a pediatrician and, and mm-hmm. that sort of thing, which, you know, we, we just don't do this side of the Atlantic and I don't know if it's because they do different sports that are more prone to concussion I mean rugby is pretty violent at the at the best of times um but some of the sort of uh ice hockey and things do seem to be up there with the the highest rates of concussion yeah and I guess the slightly cynical part of me might say there's there's also sort of a legal side of things isn't there with the sort of suing and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um are we doing anything outside of America looking at these? Uh, you do mention a study that, that's potentially looking at this. Yes, I, in fact, can't remember whether it's in the UK or America, um, but there is a trial that's ongoing at the moment um, looking specifically at the impact of screen time on uh, recovery from concussion. And uh, I had a check today and it looks like they've finished recruiting, but they haven't published the results yet. So hopefully we'll hear soon something specific looking at screen time that would be really interesting mm-hmm. um so having sort of looked at that you know what's your your view and the, the view of the team that you're involved with what was your view of the evidence for limiting screen time what was your conclusion i guess um generally a, a personalized approach so um if looking at a screen is making you feel worse then don't do it basically um anything that any activity that worsens symptoms um should be should be limited until the symptoms start to get better okay um and i guess the converse of that is true that you know if actually you're coping with this Mm. fine and you're able to do these things then then maybe a blanket you can't do this for this period of time isn't quite the right approach for sure and they're probably not going to follow those rules anyway. Yes, that, and that's probably the most relevant part, isn't it? That, that we've, there's, there's no point as giving this advice that you know people aren't going to follow. Yeah. Um, um, and I really like that kind of tailored, personalised approach because that's that's you know what we should be doing for for for, for these people. Mm-hmm. Um, so then coming back kind of full circle and, and thinking about um, the guidelines, what, what sort of impact? has this had on on your local guidelines so i think firstly it uh reminded us all about the importance of giving some advice about concussion because it's really easy when you've got a busy department to 
just see the children with head injury, say they either need a CT and they're fine or they don't need a CT at all and are fine. And actually to warn them that they might have ongoing symptoms and to think about that. Um, And I think, yes, uh, discussing it in a more sensible way with um, them seeing what works for them uh, is more likely to get them on board going forward. I agree. Um, and just as I thought, I'm just thinking locally, one of the things that we do is we, we have a clinic, an emergency clinic that we can bring people back who are sort of potentially have signs of concussion to, to do assessments. Is, is that something that you have locally or, or who does the follow up potentially? To be honest, we don't often follow them up unless they return themselves. Mm. Um, I, I suppose just in terms of the number of children it would be. Um, but... But yes, do you follow all every child with potential symptoms? Um, so it's on a case by case basis, but certainly, mm-hmm. you know, we we give advice on you know generic advice on head injuries, advice on concussion, and and what to look out for. But but um, if they would re- if they I guess largely it's if they represent um, mm-hmm. or you know we give them symptoms to watch out for, they can ring our department and, and we can make an appointment for them to come and see us, get an assessment, and and sort of get a slightly deeper mm-hmm. deeper assessment and deeper advice on on sort of management of concussion um if they are sort of particularly sporty i think we we tend to have a tendency to follow them up a bit more because we recognize that you know if they've it's a head injury that's occurred during hockey something like that we recognize that that we need a balanced approach and and we tend to do the the sort of the the questionnaire to see how they're getting on and give them to, to sort of take away with um so yeah it, it it does tend to vary um and and of course the interesting thing is they they are largely teenagers we yeah. just tend not to see it in younger kids who are the ones who often bang their heads more you know yes true which is yeah. interesting. i mean so our department the the a&e team don't really have any clinics so it would end up being with the pediatricians who are generally less familiar with these sorts of things so um at the moment it does seem to just be that they come back to A&E and we go from there okay um that's fantastic uh just on a totally unrelated is this the first sort of thing you've written for archives and had published um no it's not uh I I mostly like neonates um but uh also enjoy learning about other things so that's how I ended up doing this paper so I've written some baby related things and so I mean from my perspective when I was a trainee I didn't even get anywhere near writing anything like this it seems incredibly intimidating to Mm. to do this How, how how have you found it and what advice would you give to sort of anybody in your sort of position who's thinking about writing something I mean I would definitely recommend that Archimedes part uh, as an option and education and practice generally um, both for reading and for uh, writing things for because it really is sort of practical useful questions and things Um, and it isn't as uh, overwhelming as trying to do you know a big research project or you know it's it's a sort of small uh, contained systematic review and um, there are definitely questions that need answering. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think this is this is one of the reasons I like Archimedes so much. Is it often comes up with a, you know, 
you sort of sit and think, we've always done this. Is this absolutely the right thing to do? What's the evidence for, for, for doing this? Um, so thank you so much for joining us. I guess we should also sort of give a shout out to, to the other people involved in writing the paper, um, who were Alexander Hunt, um, who, as I understand, is a F2 starting ST1 with you soon. Yeah, we convinced him to join the team. Brilliant. Excellent. Well done. That's that's definite round of applause for you. Um, and Dr. Katie Knight as well. Yes. Um, who's a consultant uh, also at, at, um, at North Middlesex. So uh, thank you to both of them for, for help for, for writing this with you. Um, so thank you so much, Katie. That, I think that's been really helpful. Um, I, I look forward to this the paper coming out to sort of look specifically at screen time. Uh, yes. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to download our podcast this week. If you enjoy our podcasts, please tell your friends and colleagues and subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and, of course, our SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.